Okay, so welcome to episode eight of uh, the Behind the Goals podcast. I'm here with Andrew, as always. Yes, hello. Uh, this week we have Keith and Graham Easton on the show. Uh, we're going to just fire straight into it this week, aren't we? Yeah. Um, absolute pleasure to have the guys on the on the podcast. I had the privilege of going on the Whoosh playlist a couple of weeks ago, which is a new podcast that the guys have set up. Um, and they have different people on from within the sports sector going on talking about the, the songs that they like. And uh, and, and definitely the, the unique thing about their podcast is their uh, their quiz. So uh, stay tuned for this one. Cause yeah, we turned we've the, stolen the idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have them. And we, we ended up talking much longer than we thought we were going to. And we could have spoke for longer as well. So uh, we'll just dive straight into it. Okay, we've been joined by Keith and Graham Easton. Thanks very much for, for joining us, folks. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for and having if, us. And if you recognise uh, Graham's voice, it's because it's very, well, it must be very familiar for a lot of people. It's the voice of voice of Hampton and, and Keith, his brother, does the, as you described it. How would you describe it again? It was piano. I, I, I'm the piano pusher. Graham's the piano player. As I, <laughs> but, and I mean, I, we both respect that. There's nothing uh-huh. derogative. Uh-huh. So I, I press the buttons, play the music, uh-huh. and I tell Graham when he needs to speak. Uh-huh. And in many respects, <laughs> it's very similar to your podcast which I came on a few weeks ago in that Graham does the, the talking but you do all the you find your sort of role I suppose it's the cliche you find kind of what you're good at and it kind of happens now and we've been doing it you know for a while um, and I think in that way you can sort of you trust each other to mm-hmm. do yeah, the yeah. bit you know in terms of you can work at lots of events where you've always got someone yeah. queuing you, telling you what to do. I like to think that, you know, we're in a situation now where there's a kind of, just a kind of nod of the head or, yeah. I mean, I joke, I can watch Graham's body language from away at the back of a stand and know when Graham's going to speak, right. just by the way he's going to nod his head. So right. surely that benefits the client. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how long have you been working together yeah. and doing that? Uh, well, I think the history weeks would say that we, we, we started like a lot of people uh, in this general area of uh, entertainment, uh, doing mobile discos back in the day. Uh, Woosh discos, yes. as, as was called, okay. yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the first sport we got involved in was, was basketball. Our uncle was a basketball coach, and the team he played for, a uh, coach trailer, they had a Christmas tournament at Meadowbank Sports Centre in Edinburgh. So what about kind of razzmatazz mm-hmm. in terms of music for the teams coming out and the whole halftime and whatever. So we did music for that, and then start, I started a wee bit of commentary that announced in the starting five and that kind of thing. So I kind of live from there, and yeah. somebody Scottish rugby, if my memory serves me correctly, was that a, a basketball game or right. some connection? And they got in touch, so we got involved in Scottish rugby, and then like a lot of jobs in life, it's right place, right time, and fall from there. So we kind of moved a bit more deliberately into the kind of sports presentation side, you know, different sports, and we've, we've done quite a few now. Yeah. Um, but it was, I suppose, a, a natural progression, because I've always been interested in sport, but actually doing the more sort of commentary bit, and then really enjoyed it and you know it's great to do something you actually genuinely enjoy doing you don't you don't yeah. uh, loathe going to this this event you do enjoy it. it's a great thrill it's a great privilege mm. at a lot of events yeah. i'll first admit that um so yeah i mean but at the end of the day it's thoroughly enjoyable and, yeah. and w- at what point did you how d- how did that lead up to um hamden you know how did that come about is that something oh, how you, long have you been doing yeah. it for well, there was a guy doing Hamden. Was it Colin? Colin, yes. And for right. whatever reason, obviously he'd he'd, he'd moved on. From and he decided. I think he decided. To, he was on one of the radio stations in the west. It wasn't Radio Clyde. It was somewhere. And I think he had a part time job as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was with car sales or something. And that right. was obviously weekends when you sell your car. So okay. I think it was something that was yeah. really boring but important as that. Yeah. As he was kind of thinking of giving it up, and then we must have been somewhere. Or you done something. It was definitely like a League Cup game. Someone had asked someone yes. to do it and then they recommended you because yeah. you went and did the first handling games on your own so yeah, yeah. we'd be doing right. music and all the announcing and then it evolved to where you said oh I'll bring me along a bit, like, a bit it, like Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher yes bring him in the, the band the, the, thing is band. About, the thing about Hamden is that the actual mission control for where, where Keith sits if you look at the sort of classic TV right. view above the tunnel it's the kind of far left there's a kind of okay. a big booth that's beside the sort of police control but that's where the, the DJ booth mm. of sorts is so you're quite far removed from watching the teams go at the tunnel um, so yeah people can do it on their own but it's far yeah. better that mm. you know I can, I can see when they could it right okay the teams are coming out I can see the floor manager give them the cue and I can say ladies and gentlemen please welcome Scotland and England or whatever and then Keith can hit play on the on So the, you're down track side. I'm track side. So it's uh-huh. much better because you're you're close to what's going on and you know you are literally right next to where things are happening and then obviously we're on radio 
and earpieces and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it works much better. But other grounds, you know, you're you're probably right above the tunnel. So it is a, a kind of one man job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's partly because it's Hamden, but partly because it generally that mission control so far <laughs> away. Yeah. But it works, and I think you need two people given the way that the role and how the event management has, has scaled up. It's yeah. evolved in terms. Of, I mean, generally when I started doing that, I I took my bag of CDs. Mm. You know, now everything's on the laptop. It's all using. So how long ago was that then? 2007, I think it right, was the first thing. Yeah, 2007. Years. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to a couple of Scotland it's games. The season when we beat France. Is that right? It was, was just. That the, uh, I don't think. I know. I don't remember. That was Gary Caldwell. Caldwell. No, yeah. no, no, we no, didn't do that. No. I can't. I remember that Italy. Was, maybe 2007. I remember Italy. Maybe away was, it, was 2007. The first, the first Scotland goal Graham announced. Oh, yes. Was Ross Ross McCormack against Finland. So I remember this Iceland, because I got Graham a framed picture of the goal right. as a, this uh, is the first thing uh-huh. but talking about how it evolved I mean generally it turned up with CDs but now I mean at the stage like the last World Cup qualifying campaign I mean I'm in there several hours beforehand because we do rehearsals mm-hmm. there's a FIFA delegate so they rehearse the teams right. coming out okay. but so you uh-huh. use ground stuff teams coming out all the music because all over Europe the teams come out to the same piece of music okay. yeah yeah um, okay. And then you do the handshake, and then there's certain videos. So there's like the respect yeah, videos, but yeah. so the delegate wants to see all that. So we're running all that. We run through all the national anthems, which which you would do at any other event. Mm. This shouldn't really be a surprise there. So I'm going in and working with the SFA staff. So I'll be in the week before for mm. meetings and mm. saying right, and we'll talk about the playlist and what we're going to play. Um, and how does that's that's talk about that? Because that is that is that. Literally, you saying I want to play this, this, and this, and they'll say we don't want that, or they say it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both, but okay. it's, it's changed dramatically. People are people are so much more interested in it. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, the big thing that, that changed in terms of sport and music relationship was definitely the Olympics in London. Mm. You look at the opening ceremony and Danny Boy, you look at that playlist. Mm. Mm. Uh, so and it was like, oh great, we've moved on from Republic ready to go, and we are the <laughs> champions. You know, people have seen a different relationship. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you, you really are thinking about that mm. and like a lot of discussions about that and also with Scottish rugby huge mm. Mm. Uh, dis- and, and it's good because you, you're creating the atmosphere um, mm. and in rugby we're playing a lot more music during the game there's a lot more stoppages but in football yeah like build, building the atmosphere for the World Cup campaign you know there's you know there was a decision like at the England game it's back to this traditional Scottish mm. playlist, Scottish bands, and that's that's what we're going to play. So loads of people are actually inputting into it, mm-hmm. which is it's, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I always say, I'm not there to be John Peel. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, there's a time and it's kind of like DJing a wedding. You're there yeah. to create an atmosphere, so you're not going to play, oh, here's the new single with respect to, by the Fratellis mm. or the new single by... People want to hear... Recognisable the recognisable songs. songs. Yeah. You, there's a responsibility, but there is also how you build, that, build it as the stadium yes. fills and fills. But there's loads of, you know, there's contractual things, you know, sort of adverts on the screen, mm. you know, that tenants buy mm. and and various things like that that have to be done. So say from that 10-year period of, I'll turn up with my CD, stick a bit of Simple Minds on, a bit of Deacon Blue, a bit of Franz Ferdinand. Now it's like, there's loads of people are now, yeah. oh, this matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. it ever reach, the atmosphere ever reach such a fever pitch that you want to just turn the music off? Well, that, well, I, I suppose, as Keith says, it's kind of gone, gone so far, music, so, so much part of it, but there's now a thought, well, actually, you know, many teams, if not all teams, have a goal tune. Yeah. And there's maybe a school of thought, actually, do you know what, just let the stadium breathe, particularly mm-hmm. Hamden, particularly you, for Scotland. Do you so like that, that I, aspect I, of the goal music? I, I, I'm indifferent towards it yeah. because, you know, if you take the, you know, the iconic Lee Griffiths schools, then you don't need music mm-hmm. to boost the atmosphere well, You couldn't hear it anyway. If you're watching so, it in the videos, you can't um, hear it. <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you took the music away, which is a, a, good, a good way to sort of judge it, I suppose, if you took it away, would you go... Oh, it's very quiet. It would mm. be quiet because folk are, yeah. are cheering at one end of the ground. So, um, I think for Scotland perspective, if it decided we're not going to have any music, uh, I I don't think it would change the atmosphere that much. Mm. Uh, for for maybe actual you know teams in the various leagues, then you know it's maybe mm. you maybe need that because it's iconic. Yeah. And you go, oh, we've not but, played I mean, whatever mm, tune. Yeah. Um, but it's a kind of interesting one because. Well, the Scotland yeah. thing's interesting because for the World Cup cam- campaign, they went with bits and pieces, you know, yeah. the time. there was quite a lot yes. of media yeah, interest yeah. around that. Um, was that a Twitter? That was a Twitter thing, wasn't it? The, yeah, the, there was, yeah, there I mean, was a took, kind of poll of yeah, sorts. They took control of it. SFA certainly took control of that and doing a poll, yeah, and it was yeah. voted on. But the thing was, I mean, I was laughing because it was reported, this is to replace 500 miles. Mm. 
the European qualifying campaign here the the season before, but man, used um, mm. we used our track mm. by I believe by a band called the Vigo Thieves, okay. and they built the campaign around that it was a Glasgow band, and they built the campaign. They played at like the strip launch and stuff, yeah. and then played pre match. So I was laughing, going, "You like standard of journalism?" Mm. It was like, <laughs> I mean, like nobody used it for like two like, years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was like. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that, I I kind of laugh at that at the scrutiny. Then it's actually well fact check and you'll find. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it's, I mean, so that that was important. But again, you look at the football clubs. You know, um, you get say for the goal music, particularly you know for cup semi finals, it's mm. clubs are submitting it. You know, yeah. and like, I mean, a club like Celtic have taken a song by Depeche Mode and like mm-hmm. built marketing campaigns around it. And you know, mm-hmm. good luck to them on that's become a that song. It's almost like you know. You can't play it at other things, you know. The, yeah. the, and that that's fine and good and songs become synonymous with clubs and yeah. you know, Dungeon United always fascinated me with like um, yeah. Love Is in the Air and yeah. Beautiful Sunday <laughs> and obviously with Aberdeen with Don't You Want Me and yeah. I and obviously Proclaimers and Hibs and you know, there's there's yeah. loads of Kelly Paper Rose you know, there's mm. loads of songs mm. that are synonymous yeah. with clubs, which is fantastic. And then people will say like, you know, speak to Kelly for why is Paper Roses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, you know, Gavin, who's the announcer there, we know really, really well, but it's, uh, pro- probably half the people don't know, why are we playing this? Yeah. Are there any, like, there any that you just think, oh, I just can't listen to that one again? Uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've got one, my... Uh, right, go, uh, go for it, go for it. I, I, I'm a Wraith Rover supporter. Right. I, I hate when we go through to Falkirk. They, uh-huh. they generally beat us. Amarillo. play Amarillo, yeah, and yeah. I detest it. Yeah. I detest it, that association with yeah. getting... getting... <laughs> well, it, it's that association, I know, I know, I know. And you've got to be quite careful uh, with what you play because, you, as Keith said earlier, you've got to forensically look at the music and say, yeah. is there some kind of connotation? Yes, people oh, read into uh, stuff. Politically yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, or otherwise. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, you know, uh, you know, people will say, oh, Depeche Mode, that's a Celtic song. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know what you mean, but it's, yeah, you would certainly sure. never hear Depeche Mode at Ibrox. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but you've got to be quite careful, yeah. you know, that a connotation with a lyric or a line that could be misinterpreted. Oh, because people will obviously mm. tweet and, and whatnot about something mm. they mm. have an opinion on. All of a sudden, it's it's, it's broadcast well, news. So, yeah. you, you, you know, as Keith says, you can't just turn up, oh, I'll just fancy playing this today. You've got to really, really think, uh, you know, is there a link? You know, oh, yeah. the, the, is the drummer a whatever fan? He's almost <laughs> got to that stage. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not almost, is it? <laughs> I mean, you look at, what was it, Penny Arcade or Rangers, and then mm. if you watch oh, Train yeah. Spotting 2, mm. that scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's savage. Yeah. I mean, that is savage. Like the the the, the that's pinned. Yeah. And it's like goodness. And then you think, yeah, you got to be, but you do. You got to be careful, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the world of social media, there's no to hide. Yeah, I think no. as well. I think a lot of people are also they're waiting to be offended as oh, well, and oh, so yeah. they will read into stuff that isn't there. And yeah, um, yeah. One thing I want to ask you: after this week, I've been doing interviews with people about a link between you know whether you're a fan of something and physical activities. We're doing some work with the University of Stirling, but um, one of the questions is to ask people about their first ever football memories. And one of the guys I was interviewing was talking about he was he's a big Everton fan. He went to a European semi final. Um, and they had to turn. They apparently they had quite raucous music beforehand, and it was a big game. But for that game, they played classical music, and everyone was mm. like, "Where's all the traditional music mm. on?" And they said mm. they played it because it was a health and safety warning. This was in the seventies, where they had standing, and they said they they had to calm everyone down. They had to lower <laughs> the the atmosphere within the because of a safety. It was a safety issue. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had anything like that, or is that now in the day of seating, you don't really, uh, well, you just you just try and get as people as pumped as possible? Well, I think or? one of the most delicate events. Uh, I'm sure Keith will agree was the the cup final a couple of years ago. Oh, yes. the Hibs Hibs invasion, yeah. Hibs invasion, and you know yeah. there was a whole number of factors which led to Hibs um, fans being on the pitch, which you know uh, is not relevant for the story. It's been a well worn story, but you know we had to kind of liaise very closely with the police, who mm. was kind of right next to us at Hamden, and what the procedure was. So I was trackside, and you know there's people running a mock and whatever, and. Some fans are delighted, some are not so delighted. Um, and, you know, normally end of the game, you'd let it sort of breathe, you know, well done to, uh, you know, Hibs or Winners Scottish Cup 2016, and then you'd probably put a Proclaimers trap, which probably queued up to play that. Mm-hmm. But then that's that whole cha- dynamic changed, and there's various rumours going about or on the radio. So I was told via Keith, because Keith was directing me via the police, you know, mm-hmm. like them to say this kind of generic statement, which in layman's terms was saying, we won't start the presentation ceremony until basically you get off the pitch. Yeah. In a very polite uh, way to say that, so we had to say that a couple of times. So that was quite delicate, and it, you know, it, it was one of these things that probably seemed like half an hour, but it was actually yeah. relatively short. Mm. Uh, and it got to a point I distinctly remember hearing a lot of Hibs fans kind of booing, 
you know, and they were clearly getting a bit hacked off that there was people still on the pitch, natural euphoria, mm. obviously mm. some people shouldn't have been there, but it was that sense, right, do you know what, it is the first time in 114 years we actually want to see the cup yeah, being yeah, presented sure, in yeah. the traditional Hamden kind of way, uh, and it, it eventually it came to a natural conclusion, but it was an unfortunate thing that Rangers... You know, it was decided or they decided they weren't going to come out to get to get the cup and you know that decision that was made and you know the, the cup got presented but that that was that was quite delicate mm. but you know it's easy to say now we, we handled it well but it was one of these things probably just the simple things done really well mm. not making yeah. an extra drama out of sure, it yeah. let the stadium breathe you know you know rangers didn't come out for their reasons and then let hips have their celebrations mm. then really proclaimers come out as, as was planned for sunshine and leith and then it was all fine, but that was certainly potentially quite, quite, quite. Uh, that, that, was, that was the time when the broadcast finished as Sunshine League yes, was still yeah, playing yeah, yeah. Yes, because yes, it had taken yeah, so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like one of those images I've got in my my head and the of of that whole kind of uh, curved stand yeah. in Hamden yep. with the the, the, flat, the the scarves aloft yep. and the singing. It's a beautiful, beautiful yes, moment. Yes. Um and. Uh, and then they just cut it off and went to the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd been a BBC Scotland against sure. BBC News. But I mean, I think it's kind of said that it was that you have these scenarios, so you know, you know, it's all set up music wise. So if X wins, or if it's full time and it's extra time, I know that this is what we're going to play. If if it's a team wins and you know that's what they're going to play, and then you know that if it goes to extra time at half time, that's what we're going to play at half time, and then if it's still level and if it goes to penalties, mm. we know that this is the music we're going to play. It's all mapped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that moment, I mean, I was like, have some fun, and you're ready to go. Right, Graham says congratulations, and that's uh, don't get anywhere. Trophy presentation coming, and then all of a sudden I looked down, and I was you know, about to hit play, and uh. I just my instinct was not don't play anything. Uh. And then all of a sudden, you, what happened happened as Graham says it's well spoken about. But yeah, I suppose that's the point. You're there to react professionally, mm. and mm. I think the thing is as well in terms of without getting too deep in it, but the tone and how Graham delivered the message is really mm. important. Because you know if yeah. you start, people don't like being told what not to do. Yes. What happened happened. So then, how do you then manage that situation? Mm. Yeah. I say it felt like a long time, but if you actually watch, it's not condoning it. But you know, you mm. had to safely get people back. Yeah. And yeah, the crowd, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. it's one of these massive iconic moments. If you're a Hibs fan, you know, or a Rangers fan, there's so much, yeah. so much emotion in That's it for right. whatever. I'm not going to say what was right or wrong, but I think it's like what happened happened. So how then do you manage That's it? Right, it's yeah. always going to be under scrutiny. Sure, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just sadly the way it is. Um, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to ask was uh, I I once did a couple of games and uh, when I was at university, Sterling Albion. Right. They, yeah. I, they think they must have just been really desperate. And um, Carl Benedictus was playing for Dundee, right. and yeah. I really struggled. And the I was and the the announcing box at Fourth Bank is right behind the uh, it's right behind the away fans. So yeah. they they're all right. looking okay. up at me just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good what did you old no, I don't think I would repeat it, but you can imagine it <laughs> with a surname like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but have you ever had? I mean, have you ever had players come up to you and say, "Oh, that's not how you pronounce my name," or you, before in, in advance? Or well, what what I tr- what I try and do is you know before the game and you know do my own research or um, a B team or I feel that's slightly easier because you wherever sits is right next to the press deck and you kind of know people okay. through being there and. So, for example, the last of a couple of rugby games, Paul Mitchell from BBC has been commentating. I kind of mm. know uh, Paul from being around there all the time. So, he's very forensic, and he's got his sort of wee notes. He's happily kind of shares or all. I'll say, listen, how how are you going to pronounce that? Because um, there's various schools because you listen to the radio yourself, and you just hear people saying a name, and you just assume well, if he's saying it on Sky yeah. or BBC, that must be the way to yeah. say it. Now, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that will be the case. But there's other occasions where, but it's not. There was. Um, I can't remember who it is for Mother. I think he got transferred out of the transfer window. When Mother will Celtic at the last semi final, mm. the guys, uh, yeah, one of the Lithuanian yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I was like debating because I remember the like, Hearts a few years ago had like hundreds, uh, yeah. so you got to learn <laughs> to do it. But um, I checked and then I spoke to um, Alan Burrows at, at Motherwell and he said, No, this is how you say it. Okay. So, and he was saying, Well, I can like, introduce you to the player if you want. So, you know. It goes back to if you're round about the tunnel, the area, you can speak to the right people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, either a journalist or somebody like that. So, um, and together you say, right, we reckon that's it. Or the one time I actually spoke to a player actually was Scotland Malta, and I actually went into the tunnel to say, you know, kind of introduce to the media guy. 
So he goes, yeah, speak to him there. So the guy came down. I, I don't know the multiple players for the next person. And I'm, with due respect, I don't think any of us around there would recognise many multiple players. I can't just speak to one of the players. Right. Now, if that was like Scotland, England, it's almost like speaking to, you know, Stephen Gerrard or Wayne Rooney. It's like, uh, sorry, Wayne, how do you pronounce, you know, yeah. James Milner? You know, but it was the equivalent of going, but he was fine, he was great. So I just wrote all of them out phonetically, which is the best way to do it. Yeah. So you've got the official team sheet and, you know, there's letters there, but you just, mm-hmm. best way is write it phonetically and you kind of break it up. And that's what uh, Paul Mitchell does as well. He's He's got, got it the same way. Okay. Um, but you've got to build that time in to kind of, you know, do that research because you can't just take a guess. It's somebody's name, yeah. it's a, a cup final, it's yeah. it's Hamden Park, it's BT Murrayfield. You've got to, yeah, or the case you might trip up slightly, that's always going to happen, but I like to think uh, I do my research and people realise that I'm actually yeah. making a good attempt. I mean, uh-huh. in the rugby context, um, do the job for Edinburgh Rugby, we played Krasnia in the Challenge Cup, and that, that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. But um, somebody, you know, very politely sat down and hopefully made a reasonable attempt. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's, 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 it's part of the job. You yeah. know, that is your yeah, job yeah, to course. announce the players, the substitutions, the goals. That is just a basic for me. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's no excuses, I suppose, yeah. not to to do the research or speak to somebody. I, th- I think as well in terms of like back to a Scotland international game, there's now people probably haven't even noticed, but they bring a translator in mm. f- for some of the safe public announcements and some of the key FIFA messages that go out. So it's said by Graham, so I'm I'm queuing Graham. And then I've got a queue, whoever's doing it in German or whatever. Mm. So they're obviously they've used them sometime. And yeah, yeah. I remember the German translator was looking at, she was looking at some of the stuff and was like, who wrote this? I said, <laughs> I said right, just make it, re- rewrite that <laughs> so that the German supporters understand what yes. the actual key message is. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you've got, you've got that happening, yeah. of course, at all the games. And that all has to be programmed in mm. as well. Mm. And these people are used in the stadiums if there's maybe like a, a public order issue that they've got someone on hand mm. who can speak that language but yeah that's all brought there is actually an official I should have brought it there is actually an official UEFA uh, document it's it's a kind of 20 page effort but it's got as Keith it's got lots of different scenarios I mean the kind of real worst case scenarios there's been you know a a, a package left kind of thing that that level Um, I mean everything's covered there's like exact ways to phrase it now luckily I've not had to use it uh, but you know that's the, mm. that's the level of detail it goes to. So you'd have to read that. I'd in have a, to read in that. A, in out. Other, 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 other speak. Yeah. Uh, well, wow. no, no. But just the, in English, the English version okay. of there's there needs to be an evacuation type statement. Um, but uh, one of the rugby events I did, all these scenarios were just printed out and they're all numbered, right? And I say, right, Graham, we're going to, going to go to number six, and number six would be something about health and safety or whatever. Okay. So, you know, the production is is quite detailed at certain mm. events. As mm. said earlier, it's not just a case of turning up and doing yeah, fancy. You've got it. to follow yeah. literally mm. the script, yeah. Yeah. which is put together by a whole number of different people depending on what event it is. So mm. um, think, it's changed, think, yeah. it changed a lot. I think, I suppose that's, I mean, we, we, see, it's a privileged thing. We're experienced to going into Hamden and BT Murrayfield as well. So it's not just about mm. Graham being able to say things out loud. It's actually understanding the whole process of yeah. what's actually mm. going on here today you know there's there's two teams playing playing a game of football or a game of rugby or a game of basketball or netball or whatever but actually the wider thing of actually understanding within each sport the certain things I mean yeah, a, a new yeah. sport that we're working with now is netball we're learning all about okay. the certain intricacies this of is the sirens yeah yes. sirens uh-huh. and, and um, UWS sirens oh sorry uh, okay. <laughs> uh, on Brad and uh, th- we did a game for the Scottish Thistles in Perth a few okay. a few weeks ago and just the, the netball's got its way of doing things basketball's got and that's great so you learn right this is this is what the players are used to happening mm-hmm. you know and, and, and it starts with like an understanding you know there's a there's a long whistle blow and then there's a short whistle blow yeah, before yeah. the game starts and all yeah. these sort of things and yes yeah, you know you become a sport geek yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 it's interesting how yeah. different sports are trying to embrace you know uh, each other so like at the sirens you know what what happened last season i, I think it's going to happen this season that every time you score a goal that's what it's called in net. Do you know what's called a goal? Did you know that? Know yeah, that. it's called a goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's not a basket. So every time a goal is scored, the netball, they want a wee, like two or three seconds of music. Now, to the old school, like, oh, because, you know, you go there, you watch it. It's mm. quite, yeah, you know, it's preserved. quite slow. It's quite particular. Mm. You know, it's not, you, know, you get interceptions and whatever, like mm. basketball and, and turnovers, but, you know, it is quite... It's a precise game, isn't precise it? Precise bit. They're it's quite physical. It. Yeah, but they're trying to obviously get the whole razzmatazz going as well. So music's essential to that. So... 
Um, you know, in rugby again, it's come on quite a bit from 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 back in the day when mm. it was you know AG Hastings at number fifteen mm. kind of thing, and I was meant to what it is today. So yeah. it is in a relatively short period of time. So yeah. it's interesting yeah. how lots of sports are trying to evolve and. Obviously, cricket, we've not done hardly any cricket, but again, yeah. that's it's night and day mm. to what it was mm. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting times for lots of sports. Mm. So there's that cross-pollination of ideas between sports yeah, and creating yeah, the right yeah, atmosphere, yeah. but also the things that are distinct and unique about yes, each one that, yes. you, that you need to be sensitive to. You've got to respect the sport, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's a delicate balance at times, because you want to... You want to do the right thing, but you know, subconsciously, and it's easy for me to say sitting here, but I'd like to think... You know, I come across as a. Hey, I know what I'm talking about, but I get the tone right. But also, you know, Scotland score a goal. I try. I'm going to give it a wee bit. Yeah, of course. Of yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, but you know, for a Scottish Cup final if, if, at Hamden, then you know, it generally doesn't bother me who scored because you just go in that kind of automatic pile. Whoever mm-hmm. scores, you you kind of do a bit more emphasis. Yeah. You know, and you know, some people might if they're really close, listen close and might try and read something into it but I'd like to think they could never tell that oh, oh you know or Lee Griffiths or, or whoever you know but you know yes, you, again it's the basics that's your job to yeah. say it in an enthusiastic way it sure. doesn't matter who scores yeah. Um, yeah. but that's easy for me to say yeah. isn't it <laughs> Since you've been doing sort of different sports, obviously, since you've been doing, you started off doing uh, as rugby, as you say, and uh, basketball. What is um, are there any any aspects of other sports that you really like? And you think in terms of the match day experience and what they do? I know you said you were listening to Chris talking about hockey and and what they do with the kind of corners and everything. But yeah, I, is there anything I, you think that Scottish football could really benefit from that? Um, it's a great I'm, question. Uh, it's, <laughs> well, I think one one of the things you see coming in obviously it's how sports broadcast and how that kind of transitions into what's happening in the stadium you know so broadcast you see broadcast or pitch side mm. um you know and then telling us to turn the pa down um something so it's seen that graham does more of now at the edinburgh rugby games at half time is, is punditry so it's mm. actual punditry so at half time in pre-game graham will get a couple of players who are injured or for not not in the squad for that reason. So at half time there's a bit of analysis. So if you were, for example, sitting at home watching the telly, you would get that bit of punditry. Mm, so yeah. with rugby, you're getting that. So Graham asked, Well, what do you think of the trial? What do you think they're gonna be I'm speaking on behalf of Graham here, but, good I, questions, but, but, but because <laughs> because I I suppose I'm sitting back watching it. So I think that's really good. It's that thing that you get, you know, mm. one of the things that uh, Scottish rugby used to do not be doing it so much but I thought always thought it was really good was they would film the Scotland team bus arriving and then it'd be very quickly well barely edited and then brought up and then played into the stadium. Mm. That's point now if you're watching the telly, you'll probably see get that on. So sure. trying to do the things that you get on the telly, so the punditry type of thing, the bit of analysis yeah. and use it. And I think that's really good for spectators to see um, and certainly at the end of the Scottish Thistles mm. netball game, you did oh. that. Is you did you did that? So Graham spoke to Claire Brownie, the captain, and okay. it gives her an opportunity to thank the supporters. So Good. as well as that going out and telly, it's it's good. And that that that's that's something I think a lot more sports could be doing. But it's the analysis is like what are you getting on the telly that you could actually replicate into the stadium. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think given that the Hamden's got its really good new screens just there, I mean, absolutely brilliant, I and mean, they're really really clear. Uh, but just on the back of what Keith was saying, there's what's a slight frustration, but I can understand why it's not in place. Is that, you know, the guys there spent spending fifty quid for the cup final, and his team's won, and you've got all the reporters and Sky and BT and everybody's running the pitch chasing after the goal scorer and the captain, and they'll get their they'll get their interview with the captain, okay, and the stadium mm. doesn't they get that? Mm. Now, yeah. what they do is at um, the now Nat West Six Nations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they oh, do is it? Oh, yes, yeah. Nat West. Yes. Oh, very much on brand. And, uh, <laughs> Do you get they, they get, for that? Yeah, they get they get what we call the flash or su- super flash interview. So the, the, the you know when um, they're doing the questions into the game, they're the man of the match. Then that gets Close broadcast the in the stadium. Mm. Now we could arguably do the same thing. So if Charles Patterson at Sky's interviewing, you know the captain or whoever, then we, we could hear that as well. Or I would say, well, we should go first because it's live and mm-hmm. they've paid fifty quid a ticket. We'll oh. go first. Then it could be Sky. Then it could be Radio Scotland. Then it could be you know you could. But there's a kind of um, unwritten etiquette that you know it's TV first mm-hmm. and then radio and then so on and so forth and that's fine and that's well established not here to upset the apple cart but there's a bit you're going right it kind of like pushing a few boundaries you know why can't the stadium hear what the captain's going to say mm. I would acknowledge however that if I'm speaking to take an obvious captain who might be there like Scott Brown so if, I, if I'm interviewing Scott Brown 
half the crowd's booing, so you're not going to hear Scott Brown because it's Scott Brown. <laughs> and you, I get that Everybody bit in the life. protection from him. Yeah, but it's, you know, on the TV, you don't get that bit. But, you know, so I get that bit in the live bit, the whole pantomime of that. Okay. But you're still thinking, why, why shouldn't the stadium hear sure. what yeah. the, the, the winning goal you know, score? Especially, they've come out, out to yeah. watch it and pay, pay their money to so watch it. So there's wee bits yeah. of that, you're going, well, the TV's doing it, why can't the yeah. live environment? And as Keith said, you could have, we could set up what amounts to like a TV show. We could have our own wee sort of yeah. uh, table. Track side, which is branded up yeah, Hamden, yeah, yeah. William Hill, or whoever the sponsor is, and do the same kind of thing. Mm. You're just doing simple wee links, and you know, here's here's road, road to the final. There's a video for that. You know, you bring in an ex player or somebody's yeah. injured, so you know, you're I think I, today. Yeah. You can do the same things on TV, and I would like, and again, we've had discussions about those sort of things, and I think mm. people are kind of on board with it, especially the big screens. You know, they're, they're fantastic, and it really you know brings the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think another, another thing, obviously, Edinburgh Rugby do really well is player access for supporters. So, yeah, like, after good. the game, in my side, or be if the games had been back at BT Murrayfield, the player, the man of the match, or someone gets brought in. That's what they have to do. That's, yeah. that's the, and the players are fine. So, Graham will be in the bar with a player. Now, in other sports, that's like your know, £250, £300 a head hospitality package mm, gets uh-huh. you a bit access. So yeah. that access is fantastic. Uh, Sirens, netball, do like after the game, they do the fan zone and the, 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 the Scottish Thistles as well, access. And, you know, people don't want an autograph now. People mm. want a selfie. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, but yeah. The, the understanding in terms of building the brand and the profile and creating role models, um, that's what... So, that access is fantastic. And I get mm. certain sports, you might think there's people considered higher profile. That might not be mm. uh, something that's so easy to do. But that sort of thing is really, mm. really good. And I say it is about, you know, you get right into the the basics of, right, well, Scottish government want everyone to be more healthy. So yeah. how do you inspire these people to get mm-hmm. off the sofa that yeah. well? You, know, you, cre- you create icons and idols and people sure. like that. And you know, I think UWS Sirens are doing a lot of really, really good work mm-hmm. going around schools mm-hmm. as well with that. Scottish basketball doing it loads. I mean, there's loads of sports doing loads of brilliant work in terms of getting people participating mm-hmm. or you know, people going out on their bikes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's creating that. Uh, not the sort of them and us, it's like mm-hmm. that. And I think, yeah, and then the world of social media, you know, the amount of videos or Facebook lives or Periscope lives oh, yeah. that you see mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Scottish Rugby did loads of like Facebook live stuff at the Open Desks, mm. um, like in the changing room, you know, in the changing mm. room with Chris access, Patterson. Yeah. That, I mean, that, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that kind of level of access that people are seeing. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, that's the well-worn argument, you know, like rugby, you can have a, mm-hmm. you can have an alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the football, obviously, you can't. And then mm-hmm. you see, so like on a, a Six Nations day, you know, the, maybe like was it the final day of the games back-to-back. So they've got two big screens out with the stadium bowl and they open it up so people can go in and watch the, the game that's on mm-hmm. before or the yeah. game that's on afterwards. And people are standing having a beer, there's live bands on, it's like... Yeah. It's when, pretty impressive. When you talk about the interaction w- between yeah. players and fans, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think football's starting to embrace that. I was yeah. at the last um, women's friendly before the European Championships mm-hmm. last last year, and Scotland played uh, Republic of Ireland, and I was amazed after the match. It was a full thirty minutes after the full time whistle, and players and uh, Anna Signola. Th- I think it was she was being given an award for like, yeah. yeah. two hundred or <coughs> two hundred fifty games in yeah. charge, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but they were all down at the front of the stand signing autographs yeah. getting selfies as you as you, yeah, as you yeah. said and just to see that level of engagement was yeah. quite an eye opener yeah. why doesn't mm. this ever happen in, and I, yeah. women's sport women's sports so much better yeah. there is there is a thing you know sirens have been using the hashtag changing the game but it is this thing about you know getting girls involved and you know self conscious about body shape and you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter it's overcoming that and I think if you look at mm. yeah, all, all the female sports like they are really embracing like using social media and that and creating mm. icons and creating role yeah. models but there's, but there's breaking down really that good. kind of that viral distance between the elite athlete and, and the person who goes to support yeah. them and, and football for a whole variety of reasons has, has got a much greater distance some clubs are mm. slightly better at it. and I can understand where there's that you know you've got to Wait your turn, or you know you've got to pay a bit more to get access to whoever. And yeah, that that's market forces, that that's economics. I get that, but there's that wee bit of going. You know, we could break mm-hmm. down a lot of um, barriers mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, a lot of prejudices about that. You know, this kind of hierarchy. You know, these footballers yeah, they played thousands. So we can, you can only access them. If, you know, there's a wee bit of that. Mm-hmm. You going, uh-huh. you know, 
And yeah, you know, you kind of everybody have an access, but there's you know, you could soften that a little soften bit. Soften that yeah, a little yeah, bit, and yeah. there's some subtle wee things. And yeah, yeah, players will go around and they'll go and visit kids and have Christmas parties and visit people uh-huh. in hospital and they'll do a hundred and one different things, obviously, yeah. all year round. And I'll get you know, rightly applauded for that. But there's some wee bits you go and you know, for the, the fan, mm. if you the fan experience at match day when yeah. we started the conversation, you know, there's, there's some small yeah. bits you could say, well. The TV's getting access, so why can't mm. a punter yeah. in the mm. ground get the bit? Do you remember the incident with James McFadden quite a lot of years ago? It was maybe before your time as the, the United at Hamden, but he wanted to give uh, he wanted to give a signature, I think, to a disabled fan, right. a, a, a kid yeah, in yeah. the front row of the of the South Stand, North Stand at Hamden, South <laughs> the main stand, yeah, 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 South, yeah, stand. South Stand, uh, and a steward stopped him from going there right, and he was yeah. almost fighting the steward out of the way saying yeah, oh I want to yeah, yeah. or it was giving a shin pads or a boot yeah, or giving yeah, an autograph yeah. and you could see that he was yeah. wanting to connect with a, yeah. with a young fan and yeah. you know, there was there, there's that atmosphere mm. that it's dangerous to do that yeah. in a football stadium yeah. there's, I, there's uh, one one it's kind of one of my Keith knows where this might be going next one bugbears at the end of the game it doesn't happen as much now it's he's off and running everyone it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of bizarre and you know but at the end of the game again it's a cup final scenario so your team's won a cup you know, and that's that, you know, euphoria and we're kind of waiting for the cup to get its ribbons on or whatever. And then the player goes into the stands, goes up, brings down his two-year-old on the shoulders, mm-hmm. got daddy on the back and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is about 20 kids <laughs> on the pitch and whatever you're going, right, okay, it's a big moment, it's a cup <laughs> final. But, you know, think of any other job, it's your final day at job, your job, right? It's your final day at Tesco, Rasta. Bring the kids in, they can walk in every aisle <laughs> on their shoulders, like... It's like what I'm but then that, my shopping. I know. But then that thing about, you know, nobody's allowed on the pitch, it's sacred, mm. it's hallowed, which yeah. I, I think is a, 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 a good point. But you know, then you know these kids are coming on the pitch, yeah, it's, it's their dad's uh, job yeah. and it's a big one for their dad. Uh at Hamden when he when he when he's won the cup. But it's that kind of bizarre thing. But I think there's been a slight I remember one game, I don't know I think I don't know it was a deliberate policy or it was who was playing in, yeah. or whether it was yeah. in the back of the Hibs Rangers game a couple of years mm. ago to you know there won't be any kids coming on the pitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we'll just keep it for the players. And yeah, there's a good runoff area at Hamden, you know, and the players will go mm-hmm. up the people in the south stand at the front because mm-hmm. they'll come at the front mm-hmm. and you'll get a few pictures and somebody will chuck their jersey or their yeah. shin pads in the crowd, yeah. you, you know, because you've got a massive runoff area at Hamden. So you do get a wee bit of that. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of loosened it a wee bit. Um, but the, the kids things a kind of bizarre one. Uh, well, that, but I'll that, let it go. I'll let it, it go. <laughs> <laughs> you got off your chest. You've been heard. <laughs> let's talk about Hamden because um, it's uh, you've had the privilege of working at both Hamden yeah. and Murrayfield, yeah. so you you've got kind of a unique insight into this discussion, really. I guess. Mm, yes, and do you do. have any views? I mean, obviously, you, um, you've done a lot of stuff. At, I'll go. Um, I could walk to Murrayfield from my house in 15 minutes. <laughs> right, let's <laughs> move it <laughs> there. So, yeah. Decision, made. Decision um, made. That, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, in terms of both stadiums, I've only ever worked... Mind you know, I was, in, I was in Hamden when they had the Sainsbury Athletics before... The Commonwealth Games. There was a so I was in. You're very good at the branding stuff. I've noted this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's well, Joe. I mean, Joe, the job. Yeah, of course. That's, that's, of course. That's, that's, that's what it is. You got to know that. Um, um, yeah. So I remember being in like, for, but essentially, so at Hamden, we've essentially done football games, and at Murrayfield, we've only ever worked mm. doing rugby. Mind you, I've done a few. I've done a, events for Rat Race Adventure Sports with the finish lines being mm. in, but it's a sort of difference. So only know them with the sports. I've not. I, I can't say. Oh, well, I've actually experienced a rugby game in Hamden or, or or football. You know, I went to see Hearts play Barcelona. Remember a few years uh-huh. ago. So I've, it's good to, you know, I've seen rugby at the uh, Ibrox because the rugby sevens. Seven, that's right, yeah, yeah. Ibrox yeah. for the Commonwealth Games. So I did the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, right. look at, so that's kind of what I'm trying to look at. Right? Have I actually experienced? So I've seen it uh, uh, in uh, different different formats. And, you know, and I've been in BT Murrayfield for Edinburgh rugby games where there's maybe three three and a half thousand and like Nat West, Nat West Murrayfield. Nat, well, no BT Murrayfield. Nat West Six Nations. Oh, oh. <laughs> so what you you're going to quiz us on this at the end. You're going to so quiz us on this at the end. No, it's not. It's not Six Nations. Um, so, Don't say RBS anymore. So, in terms of facilities, so like at Hamden, my bit's like kind of up at the, the one end of the ground. Um, so, that's a, that's a viewpoint, but you go in, it's a good seat, it's indoors, you know, mm. I've got a good view, I've got good facilities. Uh, BT Murrayfield's exactly the same. Good facilities, good good spot, good view of the mm. pitch. Um, so from that, in terms of, 
say to me, how, how can you best do your job? You know, so in anyone's workplace, what's your best working environment? Everyone, everyone seeks that. So it's like, so in both cases, from my perspective, both are great. What yeah. about, um, is, there, is there a stadium, I don't know how often you get about to all the other grounds, but is there one you go, that's a really good match day atmosphere? Because a lot of people say Tyne Castle is an excellent place to go and watch football. I think, and yeah, it's, it's, I mean, right. Scott Wilson, who's been doing that announcer job for ages, you know, is in with the bricks and mm, you know, people yeah. say Tyne Castle. So Scott, you know, Scott, Scott's good at doing the partisan thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're lucky, we've got to know a lot of the announcers around, around the other grounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about Amarillo um, and Falkirk, <laughs> you know, and like Dave, you know, Dave really well, and they want, you know, it's about the brand. Ultimately, in these stadiums, the job is to make it as hostile as, hmm. yeah, 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 nice, you know, sure, sure, not, 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 sure. Um, aggressive way. Uh, yeah, it's like to make it an intimidating atmosphere and mm-hmm. so you, you, you win at home. Mm-hmm. So, you look at like you're boosting up your your home support rather than, yeah, one, 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 no one ground what that was kind of uh, out of the blue because, uh, was was mother was a motherwell Celtic. Oh, we game. did the motherwell Celtic, Motherwell game. Celtic game at Fur Park. Aye, Aye. Uh, and you know, great atmosphere. It was like an old school kind of stand at the back of the stand. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, uh, I remember it was actually quite funny. But it was also a thing that Motherwell do because Motherwell are very proactive in kind of doing slightly different things. And I think most grounds now do this to say. Some say about thinking they'll waste support. And because mm. it was Celtic, there was a, a couple of Celtic fans there compared to, to, to Motherwell fans. So I said, and thank you to the whatever thousand Celtic fans who were there. Now, this may happen all the time. That, oh, boo, why is he saying there was like whatever there? You could hear that because you're yeah. in amongst it. Yeah. It was quite interesting because, all oh, right, because that was that kind of raw kind of them and us, whereas Scotland yeah. had this kind of every yeah. Scotland. But it was quite uh-huh. interesting that thing. Yeah. You try to be nice yeah. and, you know, impartial you know, thank, th- you know generally thanks for coming along yeah, yeah. kind of thing I think it's now a thingy yeah, 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 yeah. to do but it's like yeah. oh right oh <laughs> I mean, we did we did we got it's you get a phone call someone, oh, oh, someone says oh get the guys you know, so we've done we did a Motherwell game we've done a Partick Thistle game once because when Gav wasn't yeah, 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 wasn't, yeah. wasn't able to do it ended up being a nil-nil at Partick but Partick Gav had set up this really he'd gone into Partick and um just shaking it up in a really mm. good way, just playlist and stuff happening, and just had a good schedule playing the music that was synonymous. Um, and you saw like you saw the passion, and it's not been patronising, but you see, part- I think I think part of this was a fascinating club, mm. just in terms of these people, these people support that with the other options that are available. Mm. And they're so mm. passionate, so you saw that. I thought that was fascinating yeah. going in there and just the club and seeing how it works and the people behind the scenes working mm. away. Uh, I, I loved the atmosphere there and being at Kelly as well and we've done rugby at Kelly yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and seeing it so Gav Wallace is, is now back doing the Kelly mm. job and just looking at what he gets at and a lot of the, you know in, in terms of like what you need to do and building the home support up and how you introduce the teams and goal scoring music yeah. and thinking it through because um, one thing Gav did was he got the audio from Partick Thistle TV and he's been doing it with Kelly, so he'll get like the manager's interview right. audio. Right. So okay. whereas they don't have the big screens, he'll still get it and play yeah. it out as it helps build. So, so we caught up Alan Archibald, you know, and plays it out. And it's just that extra little bit mm. of thinking mm-hmm. and doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I find it fascinating see, seeing how all that works. And again, mm-hmm. it's like we're saying people are more aware of what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kelly's a fascinating one because the PA booth's right in the corner. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, mm-hmm. what was it, Scotland, Georgia rugby or something. I mean, I let Graham was over on the other side. I had to radio Graham going if Scotland scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a great. It's no jokes um, jokes um. about that. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you, you see that. I mean, Kelly, you're going for the pie anyway, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were chatting. We, we we had talking to Jim Leishman was in doing Graham's podcast, and we were chatting about you know East End Parks, Graham, mm-hmm. you know, end of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, we're talking to Wraith Rovers fans, so I better watch what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, um, but you get like Jimmy Shand at the end, you know, and they come out to Into the Valley by the skids and just all that's mm. part of that. I love all that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Part, yeah. it's part of it. And, yeah, um, yeah. it, it that, that's, that's important. So I think, yeah, that's loads pa- of It pains me to say it, but Into the Valley is a tremendous yeah, song for a team to take the pitch. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hate that a lot less than Amarillo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really like it. So, but I think, I think the thing is as well, it's like when we're going in, like you go into somewhere like the Emirates Arena indoors and like do a basketball game or a netball game in there or at Orium, so, like, so you're doing an indoor sport and just kind of look at the different things uh, mm-hmm. that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're, you're sort of learning, always looking sure. at that or standing outside mm-hmm. uh, on the finish line of like the Edinburgh Marathon or an adventure race and thinking, right, well, what's the presentation that we're doing mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. The music, the PA, the quality mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. It's like there's always got to be a bit of crossover mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. how you do it. Because um, you'd be handing out people a medal sure. that's crossed the finish line and yeah. 
five hours doing a marathon, that's yeah. their cup final. That's a clip, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that. What's the moment, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. So yeah, I think that that's important. That's a big bit that's important to me. Is like all that experience you get from different events. Yeah. Um, that you think right, what does cross over? Yeah. And a lot of it's probably just by accident happens. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. Well, a couple of weeks ago. You had uh, you had me on your podcast, Wish Playlist, which is good. Little plug for Wish Playlist, which yeah, people should you. go and listen to. How can they check it out? Uh, the official website is uh, wish.tv forward slash podcasts. 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 Uh, so it's Graham Easton's playlist is what it's called. So yeah. you can, uh, it's Wish Playlist on the, the Twitter. Mm. Uh, we're not on CFAX. Just <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that'll come back. Uh, like so yeah, yeah, so we try try and do one one a week. Yeah, we were on. It was great yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A bit of fun just chatting about your music. Except, and, except no Gallagher quiz. Yeah, so we do we quiz. Mm. No, this, this this could be going somewhere. This, well, this well, we, yeah, well, I was <laughs> still gutted about that because. <laughs> what did you score, Andrew? Five. I've come second. I'm like second bottle or something that, like that. As many as that. Oh, you. Right. So we're going to turn the tables this time yeah. because we're going to try this for the right. first time so okay. and at right. some point we're maybe putting when we edit this we'll have a little jingle <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's something that will surprise you we've spoken about what that jingle will be right. uh, and we think it might be Diamond Lights by uh, oh hold on hold on So we, and we're using the same format as the quiz on, on your oh, right, podcast. Okay, right. There'll be five questions, okay, right. uh, two points for each correct answer. Right. If you need a clue, right. uh, you'll only get one uh, point. Okay, cool. And cool. actually, the first question here is mm-hmm. uh, two points for the correct answer, yep. one point if you get close. Right. So oh, the okay, question right. is... Wow. sounds difficult already. Who was Scotland's top scorer in the 1980s? That's the national team. Right. Scotland's top scorer in the 1980s. Two, two points for the top scorer, and you'll get one point for one of the top five. Right, okay, so top score in the 80s, so for, like, so from 1980 to 1989, who scored the most goals in that Correct. period, kind of thing, Correct. right, okay. Just in the league, Competitive, sorry, I'm asking, in, in internationals, internationals. Competitive right. friendlies, everything, uh, Rouse Cup, everything, Ro- the Rouse Cup, everything, <laughs> <Rouse Cup. laughs> the home internationals. Uh, that's a magnificent question, right, okay, here we go, um, I mean, the top scorer all of our, our joint top is, is Mr Doug Leash, and obviously he was playing a few times in that era, but whether he scored enough. So you may or may not be in that that pool of players. So what was it? What if I get one right? I got a point. You get uh, two uh, points for the top scorer. One if you get one one who's right, in the top okay, five. Right. So I suppose, I suppose Mister Doug Douglas would be one of my obvious guesses. Okay. Right. I don't know if you're going to tell your me. Final answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lock it in. Um, so you've got. Don't know why you're looking at me. I was looking at like. <laughs> did we actually score any goals in the eighties? Did we score any? <laughs> we scored a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, Ali McCoist and Mo Johnston and and people like that. Um, I remember. I actually remember going to Hamden to watch Scotland play. I don't, it must have been eighty four. Stalling for time. Yeah, yeah, stalling for time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. Is there time limit? <laughs> uh, I remember going to Hamden uh, with my dad. I don't know if you were there. I can't remember. But uh, we won three no. We were there. We were there. We were we were at that that three game against Spain. Was it John Mo Johnston scored? Twice or McStay scored a long range shot. That was against Iceland. It was Iceland, I but I mean, answer the question, Graham. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go for a. I'll go for. A, I'll go for Mo Johnston. 
uh, as 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 well, like, I'm going to Dalglish is the top overall, but I reckon Mo Johnston will be there thereabouts. Your yeah. reasoning is absolutely sublime. I thought you were going to talk yourself into saying uh, Dalglish, but it was Mo Johnston. He had uh, twelve goals in right. the 1980s, right. and you're right. It was two from Johnston, one from uh, McStay in that match. See. So no, that's good. That's good. So how many you give me for that? That's two points. Oh, well, thank two you. Two points. Generous. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so second, second question. Um, yeah. Which iconic nineteen eighties footballer started and finished his career at St Mirren? Iconic footballer uh, started in eighties. Uh, could be oh, those. Those. I'm not helping you because I want to beat you. Actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Ian, I remember Ian, Ian Ferguson went from uh, from the kind of one that had these white hair at various points that was fashionable. he went from somewhere into to Rangers but I don't know if he went back did you say he went back again he went back right, started right. and finished yeah um, it's going to be really obvious when you hear the answer if he didn't go back I'm pretty sure he didn't go back he went to Australia I think did he not I don't know certainly I think I know Graham just like, that's fine that's okay he's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, right. maybe he needs a hint. Right, Would you like right, it? Right, right. Let's go for a hint. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Um, Stringfellas. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah a that's, decent, that's a decent one, yeah. Uh, he spent some time uh, in Stringfellows in his middle of his career. Yeah, maybe middle of his career. Right, okay, this is really obvious. Um, yeah. Mm. No. That's not happening for me. Can I offer it up just as a... Like yeah, to steal a point really or something. Obvious. No, I don't want the point. Just to see if I'm right or not. Just okay to see if you're right. Frank McAvenny. You're That's correct. See, I was going to do the Jonathan Jonathan Watson I, impression. I was thinking of him. I don't know why I was thinking of him. There's, yeah. yeah, there's there's West Ham videos here. Uh, yeah, I should have been thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually write the question. So, <laughs> right, no, good one. Good. No, I, I should have got, got that one. Okay. Right. Uh, so the next question is: Who scored Aberdeen's winning goal in the 1983 Cup Winners' Cup final? Uh, that is uh, that is Mr. Hewitt. Correct. So John Hewitt. John Hewitt's correct. Um, who scored in five consecutive World Cup qualifiers in the nineteen ninety World Cup campaign? Over the nineteen nineties. So yeah. this is in the eighties, but qualifying campaign from nineteen ninety. Five in a row in the, yeah. in the qualifiers to yeah. get to nineteen ninety. Yeah. Crikey, five in a row. <laughs> I'll go for I'll go for McCoy's because Johnson was another answer. Okay, I'm, I'm afraid it was Will Johnston again. Five of his twelve goals in the 1980s. Right. See, I was thinking we're going to get more Johnston for the same well, answer, yeah. you know. But double so, bluff, double, double bluff. bluff. Trick right, question. Right. No worries. Um, Good one. So the and your five, fifth question: right, okay. uh, Which Scottish footballer played for Newcastle Zamax in 1986? He's only there for a few months. <sighs> in between two other Scottish teams. It's a great name, isn't it? I don't know if I've said it right. <laughs> you oh, can tell Zamax. Right, right. Now, in my, now, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm not saying it's the answer, but I'm thinking something like Mr. Pat Alainen, something that he's done a few clubs. Oh, wait, this, this is a Scottish footballer. Oh, Scottish footballer, yeah, right, sorry, Scottish right, footballer. Right, okay, yeah. right, sorry, right. Um, uh, possible. Think of animals at the zoo. Oh, savage! <laughs> <laughs> animals at the zoo? That's one of these clues that sounds really obvious when you, you know, <laughs> well, you know the answer, yeah. Like, like, animals, it's, it's like, it sounds like, you know, it's, I'm not sure what the answer is, but that's pretty harsh. That's just quite harsh. Harsh on the rubbish clue. Or no, harsh, harsh on the individual. <laughs> harsh on the individual. <laughs> so, <laughs> say it again, exactly. I think, I think uh, your brother knows the answer to this I one. Really knows, his reaction. I, um, so which Scottish footballer played for Newcastle Zamax in 1986? Yeah, but, he had a Dundee United and Aberdeen yeah, yeah, connection and also a, connection to a zoo, an animal at the zoo. Right. Uh, is, uh, I'm, is, I've got it. Okay. Davy Dodds. Davy Dodds, the don't elephant man. I don't know where that man. came from. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what is he called? Davy Dodds. The elephant man. Is it Neuchatel? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be Neuchatel. Neuchatel. It could be right because that would be the German Neuchatel. Or Neuchatel. Neuchatel Zamax. Okay. Well done. What was that? I think you got six. Well, no, we've got clearly five. That's five points. Five's a solid score. Is that five solid score? All the people get five. All the people get five. Exactly. Okay. Right. Good one. So, you've got five out of ten I'm now to really nervous here. now. And your topic, Scotland World Cup songs. I had to go sort of musical. And then I thought, musical? Yeah. yeah. Musical connection, football connection <clears throat> is good. 
Okay, so we're going to start, we're going to do these in chronological order. Oh, no, right, There's okay. not that many uh, um, World Cups that we've qualified for, but right. we've got at least five, so we've got yeah, managed to get five right. questions. So who sang the 1978 anthem, Ali's Tartan Army? Andy Cameron. This is correct. Two points. Who wrote the 1982 song, We Have a Dream? B.A. Robertson. Oh, which is also correct. Flying. I knew it's, these quite, was... it's quite an arrow topic. <laughs> <laughs> You could can you can take this topic. I, I, I was I, I was trying to make these not all too easy. So hopefully they'll get harder. So what was the nineteen eighty six anthem called? That was uh, eighty six was Mexico and it was called Big Trip to Mexico. Big Trip to Mexico is correct. Six six out of six so far. So this this is just for for glory here rather than for the victory. Oh, we're going to go for ten out of ten. So. The 1990 song, Say It With Pride, yes. can you name two of the guest vocalists, i.e. Uh, not the footballers? Yeah, you had um, James Grant from Love and Money, you had Fish, you had Donnie Monroe, and you had Jimmy O'Neill from oh, The Silences. Oh, four out of four! And also uh, Doogie Vipon from Doogie Vipon Play yeah. Drums. Yeah, that's right. Uh, wow. That's knowledge. impressive, this that's impressive. Good, good. So the last question... Uh, the much derided song for 1998, which I personally love, yeah. Don't Come Home Too Soon, yeah. written and performed by Delamitri. Yeah. But can you name two of the members of Delamitri? Oh, that's a good question. So, well, Justin Curry uh -huh. is the obvious one. Uh, and and uh, I, don't, I don't know. I would know. That is hard to be yeah. fair, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like Delamitri, and I, yeah. I wouldn't have got that. So... Uh, Justin Curry and uh, just for the tenth point out of ten. No, nah, uh, nothing so, even. Nah, nothing me right. oh, okay, so there's a, there's a long list of the main main names are Ian Harvey, Andy ah, Alston. Right. Uh, they are the three that have been pretty much from the it, yeah. from for the full twenty yeah, years, yeah. Or twenty mm. plus years of of Delamitri. Oh. So close. I feel like I've, I feel like I've let you down, Graham, by, by no, giving him like, questions no, that he sailed through like that. No, it's it's like, I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. I actually watched some of the videos on YouTube. Did you? Last <laughs> preparation. Just, 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 just too to much time. Uh, I, well, no, and I thought and I thought and I was watching that the don't come the don't come home too soon one, and uh -huh. there's some Scotland players in it. Uh -huh. in that one and I thought right, I better just make a note of who's, who's in there and it was like Do Gordon Judy takes players, a penalty yeah. then. Oh, okay. and I thought you're going to ask me something like who, which players feature that I'm pleased with that thank you I like your original topic more which was oh, Scotland at 98 well basically answer every question would have been Craig Burley <laughs> <laughs> who scored Craig Burley who got sent off Craig Burley John Collins would have been an answer oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forget about that yeah yeah, yeah. Brilliant, thank Good. you. So, Good. Thank is that a trophy much. or bragging? Uh, well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe <laughs> form a little leaderboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe form a little leaderboard yeah, and uh, see yeah. who else can, uh, yeah. can pip you. We, we might do it with support liaison officers, so have support liaison yeah. officers. Yeah. Yeah. They maybe have yeah, some yeah. questions yeah. on their club, see how much they yeah. really know oh, about yeah, their yeah, club. Good one, so, good uh, but no, thanks very much. Last thing before we let you go, one thing you'd change about Scottish football. We kind of said, what what would you steal from another sport? But... One thing you would change, perhaps, to improve it, or one thing you could do to make it better? That's a very good question. Uh, in terms of broadcasting, in terms of, you know, how, how the sport's broadcast, I think, I think BT Sport have done a really good job of mm. broadcasting Scottish mm -hmm. sport. I think Sky kind of... Sky are only interested in four games, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. effectively. Um, in terms of that kind of broadcast deal and how that can be sort of better agreed in terms of the coverage. So, like, you take, for example, like, last midweek, you'd had, like, a whole lot of Scot games in Scotland and then you had a whole lot of games in England mm -hmm. and at half ten, quarter to eleven, you've got match of the day, but there's not, like, a sports scene mm. on and it's, yeah. like, kind of that sort of thing, you know. The broadcast deal, I, I appreciate, it's tricky, but I think BT Sport have kind of shown and do some quite good quirky stuff I think you know people can love or hate Sutton and Craig and McCoy's but I think they, they generate a decent decent debate and I think some of the sort of broadcasting you know it just it's just kind of lazy and mm -hmm. and we're always in this shadow in terms of like the English league or probably even the Spanish league yeah. and because um, it's not I mean I think BBC Alibas coverage is yeah. great they do some great features you know half time features and things like that and I think that if there's any way you know you just kind of get that kind of better better coverage yeah. mm -hmm. um, but that said as well you know we work with a lot of other sports saying who would like dying you know to get get, get media coverage mm -hmm. um, as well so yeah there's just this I, I just 
there's this reliance that there's always got to be a pundit who has played for either Celtic mm. or Rangers. It's just <laughs> tedious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of people that are really, really good that mm-hmm. could do it. And I think that I think it's just it's it's safe. It's boring. It lacks creativity. That I've always got to have someone that played yeah. for Celtic or Rangers, uh, being a pundit because I, yeah. I don't think they're particularly good. There's some that come on radio yeah. Scotland. You can tell they know nothing about the other teams, yeah. and I don't think it helps the sport. Mm. Um, but as if you watch things like athletics coverage, mm. and you've got like Steve Cram or Paul Radcliffe or Colin, they know about the other sports. It's just so mm. to drive advertising sales. It's got to make you know. Yeah. First or second story's got to be about one of the two clubs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's nothing against your sports, the big clubs that, but I just think yeah. it would go a long way. Yeah. Uh, I, I think something that would would I think the um first division did a deal or, or the, the league did a deal where it was like for one day, you know, kids going for a pound kind of the winter shutdown. I've picked up wee bits from various people on, on Twitter trying to encourage this idea, you know, take take the first game of season in August, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the the clubs come together and do some kind of really big concerted marketing effort right first day season you know mm. we're all going to have like the same prices or as a similar thing kids get in for five pound one pound whatever now i know each club's got their own specific season ticket packages mm. and, and such like that and there's bring a friend this day and whatever and that's great but i think the idea that and i'm not saying the clubs don't work together but there's also a lot of self-interest and yeah. you know you're never going to totally change that but this idea that we are as Keith alluded to earlier, we are, we are and should be promoting the leagues or the yeah. top league mm-hmm. as one, uh, to, to use a Scottish rugby term, hashtag as one. <laughs> but, you know, this idea that we are all trying to support each other and, you know, this idea, well, you know, Celtic Rangers have said, well, we, we, we'll, we we're going to play this game over in, in Boston or whatever. Mm. And so Dundee have not got a game or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's a bit you're going, like, are we actually one league or are we not one league, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Dundee could organise a glamour friendly against whoever. You know, but would there be as much stushy about that? Or probably, you know, and yeah. you're never going to solve so just a bit more joined up thinking. Joined really. up thinking about yeah. particularly the marketing of the sport, yeah. so that you're actually getting people. Oh, this is a good league. We're too easy to kind of knock our league, and you always get moments for every season that are memorable and controversial. You're never going <laughs> to we wouldn't want that at all. But just marketing a much more a collective thought about yeah. you know getting people bums on seats at the game. All the stuff we do is about yeah. we we perform better and we're there to entertain yeah. the crowds in our jobs. Uh, so yeah we can watch it on the telly yeah, but yeah. let's get folk there let's make yeah. it mm-hmm. it's broadening yeah. that, that that fan experience but you know let's make them come in the first place because we've do really kind of clever pricing for example that's yeah. just a simple thing to do yeah. arguably yeah. Um, and obviously every club's always going to do their own individual packages mm-hmm. um, but I think we'd be much smarter yeah. you know and, you, and you, then you bring in the kind of you know, like, you're never going to solve this the whole kick off time thing but yeah. you're never going to solve that because TV rules but does that what you're going actually can we not just take a step back and go actually you know there are empty seats there mm-hmm. you know you don't want to broadcast a game that's why when they do you know there's a game at, at Hamden you know and it's you know let's say I'm going to choose teams to offend them but you know Ross County you know versus Dungeon United yeah folk will come with the wood but they always do but it's never going to be 60,000 there so mm-hmm. they'll, they'll sell the seats for the TV view yeah but you know how can we make it that folk will come along mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and market it yeah. cleverly. Yeah, yeah. I you see that clubs in Spain are getting fined if they don't fill their seats for games that are on TV. Is so, right? yeah, they oh, they they put that as a because <clears throat> they say you know empty seats in for a, a bad product on TV. So yeah. uh-huh. clubs are getting fined if they don't yeah. fill them. So, um, <laughs> but I, I think that's a really in, important point because that's a kind of unique thing about sports teams isn't it is that you're competing against each other, but actually you need each other. That's the other thing about it. Yeah. Any you know. The, as a collective you've got to be working together in some yeah, way yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, really, yeah. I really like that yeah, so, yeah, yeah. thank maybe you very much the new boss man will come in and do that yes well, boss woman well, boss woman sorry oh boss woman yeah. which Indeed. has been yeah, touted today stick, stick a note in the inbox uh, well, next time you do, you I will I'll do that yes <laughs> I've got a suggestion box at <laughs> the reception I'll just <laughs> drop it in there <laughs> Okay. Gents, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank, oh, thanks for having us. And we'll see you soon on the on the on the leaderboard. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To use your phrase. Yes, yes. places one and two so far. Yeah, well, exactly. Couldn't ask for anymore. Excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll get competitive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, right. thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Cheers. 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 No worries. Okay, so that was Keith and Graham. Um, hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, it's a really good uh, chat. Insight, good insight. Yeah, some great insights from within Hamden. Um, bit of a hot, to- hot topic just now, Hamden. Um, and they've also 
obviously got experience from Murrayfield as well. One of the topics that we are hoping to do an in-depth ex- uh, exploration of in the next few weeks is on the Hamden-Murrayfield question. Um, and we're looking for your input to that as well. Um, if you've got some thoughts, whether you're pro-Hamden, pro-Murrayfield, whether you're undecided, whether you think there's other issues that we need to be talking about, um, let us know. You can email us at behindthegoals at hotmail.com um, or a new service that we've just started up. You can leave us a voicemail. The number for that is 0131 618 3278. Um, if you, you know, just share your thoughts with us uh, in a voicemail, um, we may even use that in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll get back in touch with you and to to talk about it uh, if you if you like us to. But that'd be really helpful to give us a few sort of sound bites from from people other than us uh, about that that whole big debate. Absolutely, because it's not a black and white decision, is it? There's there's pros and cons to each side of it, and people are going to have different views for you know why they might be Hampton and why they might be pro Murrayfield, and you know there's going to be a lot of grey in yeah. between so um i really personally have three three opinions on it yeah, <laughs> rather than one so there you go so and 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 we've got until the next well the next board meeting when a decision will be made made i think so yeah we can... we're expecting probably in the summertime that uh they'll they'll, they'll finalize that so if we can get some inputs inputs from you that we can feed into the yeah and into the process there we have a role within the sfa and um, through supporters direct scotland um so we have a we have a, a, a small quiet voice uh, in that whole debate um so it'd be really helpful to get your thoughts on that absolutely um we're also looking for ideas for topics for future for future shows this is episode eight we've so far we've done quite a bit around fan ownership of clubs in scotland and the uk we've also in recent weeks done um, about the match day atmosphere ticketing issues scottish uh, identity of, of, of football as well um so you know we're pretty open to all sorts of things and we'd love to hear from you and uh and until next week thank you very much enjoy your football yeah bye now Thank <laughs> you.